something is wrong, and it's time to stand up. You are listening to the John A. Show. Trust no one. Trust no one. Trust no one. And we're back. <laughs> you found it. You're here. You're headlong down the runaway train that is the anomic age. And I am that guy. I am your host, John H. Happy to be back with you in the wee hours of the AM. We're sitting at 1.17 AM here on the East Coast. Hailing from the formerly great state of North Carolina. Yeah, way over here on the coast, folks. Not in the Piedmont, not in the mountains, not in the prairie, not in the plain. We're on the coast, baby. Happy to be back with you this evening. It's been a while. Oh, man. If not for technical difficulties, I think there'd be no show, actually. <laughs> it's been a while, folks. I had to take a little short jaunt uh, to Maryland, actually, to do some some very unrequited training for uh, paying the bills. Yeah, the the main thing I got out of that whole thing was sick. So about the second day there, I got sick, and uh, that turned into a lot of fun. Finally made it back home, <laughs> and then just kind of stayed sick again for a couple more days. <laughs> Either way, happy to be back. Oh, man, if I could just do this show as my only thing, I tell you, it'd be about a hundred times better, and I'd be about a hundred times happier. But alas, there's that whole Bills thing. Speaking of which, check out AnomicAge.com. Share those links, friends, family, loved ones, and enemies. Just got a hundred dollar bill the other day that I got to pay, let me see, who's that for Oh, I think it's, um, I believe it's Apple. You got to pay them like a hundred bucks a year or some, some good like that to have, uh, to have your app on their platform. So I got to pay that by the, uh, I don't know, about 20 days left on that one. Anyway, yeah, paypal.me forward slash anomicage, patreon.com forward slash anomicage as well. If you are so inclined, if you like what you're hearing, why not? Little Quan never hurt. Nevertheless, I hope the app is working all right for people because that's been a whole nother technical nightmare. And I'm kind of at the point now where it looks like it's just going to stay broken. That's about all I can say. Because I'm not still getting the notifications as I should. Nobody can seem to fix it anywhere at all. And that's all I got, folks. So... Hopefully the app is working for you. I trust that it is. That's all I can say. Anyway, share those links, friends, family, loved ones, and enemies. Like all the likes. Subscribe to all the subscriptions. <clears throat> if you are so inclined. That'd be great. Thank you so much. Vegan Bear, Lori D, thank you as always for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Man. 
It feels so great to do the show, even though the the topics are always morose and just terrible. It feels great to do the show, and I'm so happy to get to interact with you out there. Um, I mean, it was such a long time coming just to get this platform streaming. That that seemed to be a uh, a long time, way longer than I wanted it to be. But as always, the cornerstone of life is money. So. That's, uh, that's all I got to say about that. Nevertheless, so much to get into this evening. If you missed the show today with Larry Pinkney, check it out. It was great. Larry Pinkney and I had a wonderful conversation. Got to have this gentleman back on more often. We were in a little bit over time, so if you're into the longer shows, you got about an hour and 30, something like that today. It was just going in such a great direction, and I I didn't even want to stop talking to him at, a, at an hour 30, but I was like, he didn't care, but I didn't care either. You know, it was it was one of those lovely conversations that you just hate to hang up from. So, if you missed it today with Larry Pinkney, you can see the not so live version right about now on all those platforms that are aforementioned and that that are available. You guessed it at the top right of your screen at anomicage.com, and you can, as always, download the audio only version. From your favorite podcast platform. If you want to go the Apple route, you can go direct link right there at the home page. Whew. Man. So much to get into this evening. It really is. I always say that. I feel like anytime I have these uh, unnecessary days off, these sort of... Uh, Long lapses without a show. I got so much to get into. And then it's so wonderful speaking with the guests. But I got to be honest with you. I love the just me (laughs) portion of the show. Sometimes even more than the guest version of the show. The guest version of the show, I'm always one of those guys that I'll give you all the line in the world. And if you're on a roll, I'm not going to interrupt you. I'm never one of those interrupting sort of hosts. So oftentimes it's far more guest than host, and I, I feel like that's kind of how it should be. I mean, you can talk to me anytime, especially up here in the wee hours of the a.m. So I'm all more than happy to give the uh, the guests the floor. But uh, I really do love these information breakdown versions of the Anomic Age. I kind of like them a little bit more sometimes. But anyway, I digress a little bit. Oh, man, it was so, honestly, it was a little bit nice to be sick for a couple of days because supposedly it was COVID again. I don't know. I don't I don't put any stock in the tests, but we were all supposed to go to some big birthday extravaganza on Sunday. And my wife kind of just was like, come on, we need to take it a test and a time. And I'm like, babe, I'm good. I don't need to test. I don't care. But she was kind of like, well, it's kind of the deciding factor on whether or not we, you know, the the wife and the daughter go to the birthday. I was like, I, I guess, man, whatever. We're here. We got a home test. We want to play jab the swab, I guess. So, either way, either way, supposedly I had COVID again. And I've said this. If this was actually COVID, I hope and pray that every sickness I ever get is as lightweight as this was because it was... Wonderful, actually. It wasn't the usual sickness that I get where there's like days of 
of snot and mucus and blowing your nose and you get the raw stuff on your nose from blowing your nose so much and you get all, I mean, at least I, I get all this horrible phlegm and it lasts for months at a time because you can't shake the cough. It's just horrible. So this sickness was nothing like that. It was kind of a cakewalk, I got to say, and I was all too happy to just kind of lay around and and be excommunicated in my own little uh, <laughs> in the guest room for a couple of days. It was nice. Full disclosure, I had a gay all time to parlay a little Flintstones reference there because I just watched scary movies for about three days straight. It was a wonderful time. I love horror movies. I like old horror movies in particular. The new stuff I can kind of do without, to be honest with you. I've mentioned this before on the show, but in my old age, the gore just, just doesn't do it anymore. The gore just kind of grosses me out, and I think it's it's that self-awareness of your own mortality, and ah, I don't know, I'm just grossed out by any of the, I don't know, just call it like uh, gore porn, or just, just, just sick mess like, you know, there's so many you could name right about now, but... Anyway, there's a lot of that stuff out there. I'm not into that, folks. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I tried to get into it there for a while in my late 20s and 30s, and I was just kind of like, this is kind of gross. It's like too much for me. And I echo those sentiments into my 40s. But nevertheless, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the 60s, 70s, and 80s variety. So that's kind of what I got to delve into for about three days, and I enjoyed the, the dog out of it, man. I was having a blast, to be honest with you. So I want to get into that a little bit tonight. Um, there's a lot of movies that I could have gotten into, but I'm going to choose two specifically that, um, full disclosure, I didn't take literal notes, but in my own mind's eye, in my brain, I was taking notes because so much of what I was watching, I was going, hey, that's jarring. That would be good to talk about on the show. Huh. So I'll do that a little bit. Um, there was something I wanted to get into with Larry Pinkney today, but he, we were really running way over time, and I just didn't want to keep <clears throat> keep on, keep on mining the gold that we were at. I was kind of like, let's just stop while we're ahead, you know. This is such a great show, but I did want to get into this into this song that uh, kind of echoed a lot of the sentiments that Larry was getting into about the division, about. The, the use of language, about the use of language as far as being a divisive principle, so much more. But there's an old punk song that, uh, that I wanted to get into that kind of discusses so much of that. It's a song that's actually been in my brain for a while to talk about on the show, and I just didn't do it. But we'll do that tonight, too. And if there's any time, like someone out there is going, man, are you just going to keep talking about this stuff or are we going to get into it? Yeah, we're going to get into it. Just pace yourself for pizzas. But, uh, yeah, if there's any time, I don't know. There, there's a lot that's been weighing heavy on my mind. And sometimes there's no one to actually talk to about it. So I'll talk to everybody about it. <laughs> How's that? I'll get into the, I don't know. I'll probably cross that bridge when I get to it. But as a teaser, just the um, the pharisaical nature of so much of what I see around me right now, it, it just it turns my stomach and it makes me repulsed from so much. 
so I don't know. I'll I'll delve into that and sort of cross that bridge when we get to it. But it really does, folks. Uh, anyway, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna skip ahead. <laughs> In my opinion, life's all about following the steps and getting to the destination, as well as being uh, cognizant of that journey. So I'm not gonna skip any steps this evening. I'll start things off at the beginning. Let's get it. Uh, this is an old song. From a band from England. It's an old punk band called Crass. This song came out in 1979. And this song has resonated with me for a long time. And so much of the songs, as I get older, I figure out, wow, they resonate with me even more. Like the more you mature and the more you have life experience under your belt and so much more, the more I think that you begin to see things in a different light. Things that you once saw in adolescence, in in this lens, you begin to see in another lens, and in perhaps even another lens as you get a little bit older. So we'll get into that. It's called White Punks on Hope. <laughs> 1979 from Crass, and it's the album Stations of the Crass. If you're listening to this, if you just want to, you can listen to it. I can't play it because then I'll get pulled for a copyright infringement or something of that sort. But nevertheless, we'll discuss it, and I will dare to read the lyrics. A couple of them I'll skip over just for, uh, I don't know, in case we got any kitties listening in the wee hours of the AM. How's that sound? All right, let's do it. Moving to it. <clears throat> White punks on hope. This is crass. All right, folks, let me pull up. Uh, I got everybody's view but mine. How is that possible? Oh, for Pete's sakes. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Ah, I remember this opener so often. They said that we were trash, but the name is Crass, not Clash. They can stuff their punk credentials for it's them that take the cash. And, and I'll just sort of, I won't break it all down for you, but this is just a direct shot at, at the band The Clash. By the way, in case you missed it. And The Clash put out some great stuff. Make no mistake about it. I particularly like the first Clash self-titled album, Best of All. But in this case, they're taking a shot at The Clash for taking the cash, if you will. Getting on those mainstream labels. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if they're selling out or not, but I'll just keep on reading here. That's not my, not my fight. I could care less. Because uh, it's them that take the cash. They won't change nothing with their fashionable talk. All their R.A.R. badges. Rock against racism if you're not hip to it, brah. Rock against racism badges and their protest walk. Thousands of white men standing in a park objecting to racism like a candle in the dark. Do a little, little accent for you. This these next three lines here, or are we going four lines here? These next four lines here have always been... Let me zoom it in for you, because somebody's going, I can't see this. I need me spectacles. I can't see it, John. I can't see it. Let me let me zoom in for you. Oh, for heaven's sakes. What in the devil's going on? Where's the cursor? Here it is. There we go. That's a little bit better. Now we can all read along with our with our hymnals, if you will. Anyway, these next four lines um, really 
rang true then and even more so now. And I was actually going to discuss this with Mr. Pinkton Dan. We didn't get into it. So Black Man's got his problems and his ways to deal with it. So don't fool yourself. You're helping with your white liberal bleep. <laughs> if you care to take a closer look at the way things really stand, you'll see we're all just beep to the rulers of this land. Punk was once an answer to years of crap, a way of saying nope when we've always said yep. But the moment we saw a way to be free, they invented a dividing line, street credibility. The qualifying factors are politics and class, left-wing macho street fighters willing to kick bleep. <laughs> Oh, this is too fun, isn't it? They said because of racism, they'd come out on the street. It was just a form of fascism. A Marxist con. Another clever trick to keep us all in line. Neat little labels to keep us all apart. To keep us all divided when the trouble starts. This last little stanza here, I mean, I could really care less about. Uh, it was the previous that really gets my goat. But put on a Nazi, spit upon a Jew. Vicious, mindless violence that offers nothing new. Left-wing violence, right-wing violence. All seems much the same. Bully boys at fighting. It's just the same old game. Boring. Beep. Politics. They'll get us all shot. Right wing, left wing, you can stuff the lot. Keep your petty prejudice, I don't see the point. Anarchy and freedom is what I want. <laughs> well, I wouldn't go that far. I don't, I don't necessarily want anarchy, I don't blame, but I don't know. I've heard various definitions that make me think perhaps I do. So I don't know. Anyway. That is White Punk's Own Hope, 1979, The Clash. No, excuse me, The Crass. <laughs> Not to be confused with Clash. Anyway, I don't know if you got anything out of that, but I certainly did. While we were talking today, that just kept ringing in my brain, and I had to get it out. It's like one of those itches that's got to scratch. you got, you got to talk about this. Yeah, I could not agree any more, possibly, with this song, especially the the previously mentioned uh, four lines. I shan't talk about them again because there's a little cursing in there, but uh, yeah. We're all just bleeps to the rulers of this land, folks. They want us all dead. They want us all dead, whether you're black or yellow or brown or white. They just use these... Petty little dividing lines to keep us all divided when the trouble starts. Because we're all the proverbial slaves on the plantation, folks. And they want us all dead. To quote the great George Carlin, it's a big club and we ain't in the club, folks. Nobody's in the club. Nobody you know is in the club. Unless there's some feds on the line or some really high-level... Uh, 
global satanic death cult members. <laughs> Maybe so, but um, I am not, and uh, scarce to say, I, I doubt the the average listener is a part of the club. So there's that. <laughs> so much else to get into this evening. I'm not sure where to start on some of these other items. Let's take it. Uh, let's take it to right about here. I watched so many great horror movies over the last few days, and uh, I hadn't done that in a while, really. I hadn't had the time, and I hadn't had <laughs> the opportunity, and it was a bit refreshing, I gotta say. I kind of felt, dare I say, a little bit more like me, because... Um, I think it's easy for us to all get put in boxes. It's easy for us all to sort of play a role. It's easy for us all to assume identities and assume roles, especially in work situations, perhaps to a lesser extent with extended family and family situations. It seems everyone wants you to be somebody as long as you're not yourself. Or at least that's kind of how I see it, anyway. Um, and I've said this many times, sort of jokingly, but not so much, um, with the fam, you know, with the immediate fam. Because, jokingly said, you know, sometimes I slip up and I'm actually myself, and nobody really wants that, you know. And I say that with a lot of jest and levity in my breath and my diction, but at the end of the day, I think that's a pretty blipping straight up fact statement for me anyway I, I can't speak for you but I think most uh, for the most part that's just the facts Jack <laughs> and luckily on this program I'm pretty much 110% me I mean I bleep out some cursing from time to time for myself <laughs> you know I have these these dark thoughts sometimes and uh <laughs> Sometimes the world is better off that I just don't reveal the entirety of the thoughts. You know, I don't want to get visited by by folks in uh, dark glasses and black suits. And I certainly oftentimes withhold a little bit of my full self because I think, you know, this isn't always the best look. The full self, the uncorked 110% of just raw me is not always the best look <laughs> and I often I don't think about myself I actually think of my daughter and other family members and I don't want that to come up you know to bite somebody 20 years later like oh that looked like I found this video of your dad like having some cursing tirade and throwing things <laughs> you know on this video back in 2021 so yeah I am 110% me but I do kind of try to keep it a little PG for my own sake <laughs> and uh, well, maybe for yours as well. I don't know. But yeah, that being said, uh, to the point of escaping the box, I think I'm going to try to escape the box even more so. Even though I do have to make these proverbial irritating donuts in order to get paid from time to time. And continue being a prostitute just to make money. I am still going to try to uh, effervescently be me. 
So I hope I can pull this off. <clears throat> oh, man, I know I can pull it off. Don't get me wrong. I, I suppose the real hope is um, that there's not some, you know, <laughs> you know, Mr. Bloop, uh, we really can't use your services anymore because <laughs> You're just too out there. You're too outside the box. You don't fit the paradigm. You don't fit the pharisaical worldview that we have for you. And I don't know if it's just my own uh, complex, but I do kind of get that notion from time to time. After everything I've mm, dealt with here in the last few weeks, I think that is coming into light, into sharper focus or contrast, if you will, more and more and more and more and more. And it's just driving me stinking nuts, folks, to be honest with you. I'm not going to go full disclosure and go on a full jag, but I swear to you, I thought I was escaping one cult, the cult of academia, and sort of going into a better direction, um... Another cult of academia. And I swear to you, I think it's just a it's just a variation on the norm. It's just a variation on the same. That old digital underground song all around the world, the same song. I bleeping sure believe that right about now because I'm feeling <sighs> feeling a little itchy in my wool sweater, if you will. Anyway, you didn't want uh, you didn't really come here to to hear me blabber on about this you wanted to hear me talk about escaping the box and and uh, maybe get into a little movies so we'll get into a couple uh the first one we'll get into this evening and i'll, I'll circle back <laughs> i'll circle back like that uh, uh that unfortunate soul uh Saki. yeah I'll, I'll circle back to the other point as well but i want to try to keep everyone on task, because I know you don't really want to hear me go through some bizarre therapy session on my own life. So let's get into it this evening, shall we? Uh, let me see. Which one are we going to talk about first? Rosemary's Baby or Future World? I don't know. What the heck? Let's get into a little lightweight commentary on Future World. Let's pull it up. Pull it up on the screen. Future World from 1976, folks. Looks a little like this. Indeed. Future World. Mr. Peter Fonda. Blyeth Danner. These two individuals. Give us a little insight on the future world. And I might start doing this with more and more shows because I've got so many... So many bolts in the quivel, quiver, if you will, just from uh, 70s particularly, but also to a lesser extent 80s era horror movies and sci-fi movies. So many of them really do tackle and give you a lot of predictive programming for where we are today. So 1976's Future World was sort of a follow-up to the 1973 Westworld. Yeah. There's a great punk band called Oxymoron from Germany. That does a great song called Westworld. I honestly heard this way before I ever saw the movie, and I love the song. And then after having saw, having seen the movie, rather, I like the song even more. <laughs> I missed them once about 20 years ago, by the way. Went all the way, like three hours away to see them, and I thought, well, surely the band from Germany is not going to be an opener, right? Uh, I was wrong. They were an opening band for some unknown reason. 
and the local band ended up being the closer. Totally stupid, but you didn't come here to hear that either. Future World, let's talk about it. So the crux of Future World, again, a follow-up to Westworld. So if you've seen none of these, I highly recommend checking them out. They're both great films. They give you this dystopian future that we are, I would say, not too far away from today. In Westworld, it gave you this sort of fantasy world where you got to travel to these different lands. And they had all these androids playing the different roles. They had um, like a West world, uh, a Western town. If I'm not mistaken, they had Greek world, they had Roman world, they had all kinds of stuff like that. I'm not spoiling anything for you, but spoiler alert, in West world, things go awry. <laughs> uh, the One of the main uh, gunslinger uh, was played by Yul Brenner, excellent part, just a wonderful... Movie can't say enough about it, but it kind of gave you that dystopian future. Yet uh, this is what's coming down uh, if we go in this trajectory. So the androids got offline, if you will, and started killing people. That was terrible enough. So flash forward to future world. It's the same sort of thing taking place, but it's uh, supposedly a few years down the road, and they've cleaned up. What was once Westworld and now deemed it Future World. Uh, they got some lovely reporters, the aforementioned actors and actress that I, I discussed a moment ago are the rogue reporters sent in there to give a glowing story and report on the now updated, ready to go future world. <clears throat> and I was going to save this part from the film. Because it's kind of so multi-layered, you can discuss it from, from different perspectives. But I was going to discuss this part from the film because they've already discussed this in our current dystopian reality. <sighs> the female lead there, uh, Blythe Danner. I'm sorry, I'm having to look at this because I'm not familiar with her off the top of my head. But Blythe Danner, the female lead there is about to go off into Future World, and she's discussing it with another contest winner, much like in the previous West World. And one of the main premises of the film is that you can copulate with all these robots. You can fulfill all your fantasies, all your sexual fantasies and immoralities that you can possibly stand. You can fulfill them all here in Future World. You can copulate with androids. Oh. I think we've heard a lot of talk of that quite recently now, haven't we? But nevertheless, 1976, I was going to put this and sample it and bring it into the show, but I just didn't do it. But uh, here's what the crux of the scene was. The, the game show host guy was going in there. He was, he was all excited to have frivolous sex with androids. And he was speaking to the female lead there. And he says something to the effect... Are you going to get it on with the androids? <laughs> to which she uh, said, uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> so anyway, there's one storyline, which is that one. It's the dystopian future where they're pushing uh, sex with androids. They're doing away with humans, and they are bringing online the android future. But the subplot of this is just that. 
And I know that there's been a lot of talk of this in in our present day society. I've not really addressed it on this show, but other people have on their other platforms. Um, and they've used examples like Biden looking completely different from one or two years ago than he does today. And several other celebrities and world leaders and so forth as well. And people have uh, proposed, uh, what do we got here? We got some sort of clones? Hmm. Well, where did you ever get that idea? <laughs> well, you could get it from a lot of dystopian writings. You could get it from their own writings. By there, I do mean those global satanic death cult leaders that we've talked about on here so many times before. But another place you could get that would be, of course, the 1976 Future World. Yeah, that was sort of the subplot of this. Along with the Let's Copulate with Robots plot, there was also the subplot that they were making androids of all these various world leaders because they invited all these different leaders to Future World and they were making copies of them and doing away with the real deal as a mechanism of controlling the world. Pretty nice control mechanism. I mean, if everybody's an android and they're the ones controlling the androids, then uh, you know who's pulling the strings. So there was definitely that plot as well. Um, I mean, some of the obvious plots of this, just like most of the dystopian future movies, like Westworld, uh, Silent Running, Blade Runner, and I'm missing so many more. But the obvious subplot of that is that you're being surveilled everywhere. That was sort of disclosed early on in the movie where everyone was being surveilled everywhere. And in order to get the the top security clearance, so to speak... It wasn't, it wasn't a retina scan of a human that would get you in there. It was, in fact, the retina scan of the android that would get them in there. So the humans weren't even privy to the real information, the real knowledge, the real technocracy. And, of course, by proxy, they would not be privy to the real history, which is something we kind of we talked about that today, didn't we? Anyway, so that was that was Future World, and I recommend it highly. It was a good, uh, it's a good film. I hadn't I hadn't actually seen that one before. It was one that I, I had a, sort of like in my mind's eye, like I gotta watch this one because I'd seen Westworld, and I heard Future World, sort of like the rumblings of it. Oh, it's not as good as Westworld. Yeah, yeah, whatever. That's kind of what I took away from it. Global satanic death cult people creating cyborgs of global leaders, often the real ones, doing away with all real humans and supplanting them with androids, doing away with copulation. And and thus, another subplot of this is, yeah, like we're doing away with babies. We're not going to have those anymore. We're going to have androids. You don't need to copulate with real humans because you got androids. And we're running the show. We're running the technocracy. We're running the pharmacia. We're deciding whether or not you get to have children at all. And this is all just, you know, subplots of other ones as well. If you want to look at 1984, if you want to look at Brave New World, see also. It's the same old song, folks. It's the same stinking song. And there's another one that I'm going to try to cover later. I know I've mentioned it on here in the past, but it's a it's another 
kind of like early 70s TV movie. I'm a sucker for those too, by the way. But it's an early 70s TV movie called The Last Child. I believe it's still available for free on YouTube. I watched it darn near eight years ago. And it's pretty much everything I just said. It's basically you can't have kids anymore. And if you do, they'll kill them. (laughs) And they, the proverbial they, get to decide if you get to have kids at all. So there's that. (laughs) All right, let's go into something else. Let's go into... Let me see here. Come on. It's always a silliness, isn't it? Let's go into this one. Let me see. Let me put this one on the screen for you. I'll zoom in on it because it's not going to make any sense unless I do. This one. I watched a little Rosemary's Baby. And there's so much we could delve into with Rosemary's Baby, but uh, I'll do my best to cover as much as I can. Rosemary's Baby coming out in 1968 by Roman Polanski. Yeah, that exiled pedophile scumbag that should be, well, I won't tell you where I think he should be, but nevertheless. There's so much to unravel with Rosemary's Baby. And so many really sick connections that we can make with Rosemary's Baby. So much has been made of the Sharon Tate connection, uh, obviously with the Tate-LaBianca murders, the Manson family and all that jibber-jabber. And if you really go down the rabbit hole with this, I can't, I'm, I'm blanking on this guy's name and I apologize. I think it was about three years ago. Oh man, I'm going to really kick myself for not putting this in the show notes anyway uh, a big book came out and i'm blanking on it all so forgive me but if you look up this i'm sure you can find it but it was a book that was basically outlining the the 60s into the early 70s there and specifically focusing on the manson murders on the the connections with uh, the legal representatives and how that played out and even connected into, of course, the pedophile director of this film, Roman Polanski, which was, of course, married to Sharon Tate at the time. Uh, One of the things that they discussed in the book, uh, or at least I didn't read it, I'm just giving you from interviews with the author. Nevertheless, they were discussing that there was a definite satanic connection between the pedophile... Roman Polanski and Sharon Tate and that one of the things that was on the crime scene was basically some sort of pornographic tape involving Sharon Tate and Roman Polanski and some really dark stuff. Anyway, so there was that sort of demented grooming and definite satanic connections to all that. And of course, you can go down the rabbit hole of... Manson being MK Ultra, Manson being some sort of controlled entity, CIA connected, what have you. That's kind of, I mean, to me, kind of obvious also. But you didn't come here for that. You really just came here for me to talk about Rosemary's Baby. So I'll kind of jerk the wheel back onto the road and we'll kind of keep going down that uh, trajectory at least. So. So much connecting to this. I mean, if, you, if you're if you looking at the location 
of uh, of the filming of this, of course, where uh, John Lennon was assassinated, so forth and so on, and the dark overtones and undertones of the film itself. If you've never seen the film, I mean, it's a good film, I gotta say, but it's all about the birth of the Antichrist. It's about the satanic connections to Hollywood. It's about the satanic connections to the elite. And everything in between. So I'll pull this back up on the screen there for you again. The book, the book that the main character, Rosemary, of course, finds all of them witches. All of them witches. So a little bit of backstory here. One of her friends from her old apartment senses something a little hinky with the new apartment and her neighbors and even her husband and gives her this coded message, all of them witches. Before he can actually deliver it to her himself, he gets taken out by the witchcraft and basically leaves Rosemary this book with a lot of innuendo and coded messages to which she finally uncovers the fact that indeed... Her husband, who is a burgeoning actor, goes along with the gag to impregnate her with, uh, we all assume, the Antichrist through a satanic ritual where she is uh, drugged and raped and molested by this coven of witches. So she finally kind of catches wise to this. After decoding the book a little bit, all of them witches, and uncovers the fact that, yes, her nosy elderly neighbors are indeed the heads of the coven. And it goes back multi-generations, and it shows pictures of the father and grandfather, I believe, and so forth in the film. So you're seeing all that unfolding in the story. So that's just kind of the obvious that you're getting from this. But uh, I'd seen this a long time ago. It's, been, it's really been a long time. So <clears throat> after watching this again just the other day, I was uh, just kind of taking it all in again, and it was ringing a lot of more familiar bells now than it once did. All of them witches exposing a uh, global satanic death cult. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quoting myself here, but I think uh, it's kind of self-explanatory, isn't it? That Does that hold enough of a stark relief in the mirror as to where we are today? It just played it all out. I mean, that's the crux of the whole story. The, the husband wanted to become a star. He, in essence, sacrificed his wife, allowed her to be raped, molested, and drugged to have the, the child of the devil. In a satanic ritual. Madame Blavatsky. <laughs> I'm just throwing names out there. They mean nothing, of course, right? Of course not. Let me pull another one out of the old proverbial hat here. Because this one is really what got my goat. Insert puns here. Here it is. So her husband takes the book from her. All of them witches. And says, don't read that. Don't read this. And he puts it up. This is so comical. 
He puts it up on a high shelf like she's some sort of small child and instructs the wife not to read the book. Don't read the book. And the whole time, the whole while this is going on, the wife's saying something's wrong, something's going on with the baby, this whole thing's not right, something's weird, and so forth and so on. And every time, the husband dispels her concerns and now puts the book on a high shelf and says, don't read the book. Later on, we learn that the husband throws the book away and she has to get another one and so forth and so on. I'm not going to give you the whole story, but I'll bring you in tight on this frame, which I found a little disturbing. So the book there, let me see if I can, oops, that's not where I want to go, is it? Get back here. So the book there, if you can see right up here, this this book that's on the top there. That is the All of Them Witches book that he puts on there. And I'd never noticed this before. But take a gander at the books that he puts this on top of. Take a little look, folks. Take a little look. I won't spoil it for you. I'll just let you take a look for yourself. Two of them come to mind, actually. <laughs> Three of them come to mind if you're really paying attention. So, here we go. Sexual behavior in the human male, sexual behavior in the human female. Kinsey. 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 Folks, if you're not familiar with this complete dirtbag piece of filth, <clears throat> I would encourage you to check it out. Because Kinsey is everything I just said and so much more. I'm trying to find the guest because I don't want to foul up her name as I actually did in the interview. So I'm not going to do that. Judith Reisman. She passed away. Just this last year, and I don't want to throw any disparaging attributes on the, the lady because she was a living legend, but she passed away after taking COVID vaccine. I'll just let that sit where it is. But the Reisman Institute, uh, Liberty University, if I'm not mistaken, way back in 2019, I'm looking at it right now. On my own website. But 2019 I had Mrs. Reisman on. And it was a distinct pleasure then. And I really wanted to get her back on. And then like so many people that have been on this show. And, and so many people that I didn't get on this show. They passed away before I could do it. And unfortunately that's what happened to her. But not before she completely and fully exposed the work of Kinsey. Kinsey being one of the front runners to the sexual revolution that really came into fruition in the 1960s and 70s and beyond. But uh, I don't think any of that would have gotten any of the steam without these two publications from Alfred Kinsey. As far as I know, at Indiana University, they still got a big building named after this scumbag. So in case you missed it, I'll give you the cliff notes. Uh, pedophile, 
who conducted all sorts of grotesque interviews and experiments and so forth on arousal, on climax and so forth. And that included children. That included babies. That was Alfred Kinsey. And these two seminal works that he he claims that we are such an open society and that we just do whatever uh, in the sexual arena, if you will. Yeah, he was getting that from prisoners. That's where he was getting his information. So... That's Alfred Kinsey, and those are his two big seminal works that were game changers. I mean, you could look at, at other things, of course, Playboy magazine, which is obviously CIA, and you could look at the CIA pushing drugs from the late 50s all through the 60s and beyond, the electric Kool-Aid acid test, all those CIA assets. You could look at all those things. You could look at the pill. You could look at abortion. You could look at so many other connecting pieces of data that contributed to that uh, sexual revolution. But you got to throw the godfather pedophile piece of filth, Kinsey, in there at the very head of the line, or at least pretty doggone close, in my humble opinion. So, that's why I mention the placement of the book. I don't think any of this is a coincidence, happenstance, or anything else. Just as, you know, nothing's coincidence or happenstance in a Stanley Kubrick film and I would say the same holds true um, with that pedophile scumbag as well but right next to it I gotta throw this out there too yes I can by Sammy Davis Jr. so let's uh, the story of Sammy Davis Jr. And if you know nothing of Sam, you should definitely know that he was a member of the Church of Satan. Yeah, that's Sammy Davis Jr. The Rat Pack, the loving, as at least he was portrayed in the later years, the Candyman. That was him. He was definitely Church of Satan, Sammy Davis Jr. as well. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. And I won't belabor the points with the film anymore. I mean, that, that's kind of the highlight reel of things that I wanted to get into. Hi, James. James Rohrbach. Thank you, sir, for being with us. Happy to have you on the program. Anyway. Yeah, so that is two of the things that really came to my attention after delving into some dark side of the forest and watching some old scary movies. <laughs> Did not see that the first time I saw Rosemary's Baby, but I sure as the devil caught it this time. Yeah. Definitely interested in Satanism. I believe later on he got out of the Church of Satan, but I don't know. I didn't know the guy. I was never a fan of Sammy Davis Jr. and the Rat Pack and all that. Man, that was just kind of like, eh, whatever. <laughs> but nevertheless, it seems quite odd that you would place all of them witches <laughs> atop the book the biography of Sammy Davis Jr., and two books by another pedophile scumbag, Kinsey. I'm not lumping Sammy in the pedophile category. I have no evidence of that, and I'm not, uh, I'm not suggesting that. But I am <laughs> suggesting the obvious that Roman Polanski is 
and Kinsey is. If you look into any of the work of Judith Reisman or just want to really go dark side of the forest, you can actually read excerpts from his book where he discusses this. It's really sick and depraved. That's all I can say about that. Anyway, back to escaping the box. Jerking the wheel back on the other side of the road. We're going another direction. Hold on your hats. What are we looking at on the game clock? 53 minutes. I think I can talk about escaping the box here in just a few minutes. Yeah. Escaping the box, folks. I've been struggling with this a little bit lately. This whole uh, pharisaical, the Pharisee complex that I, I keep sort of bumping into, or at least unwillingly coming to grips with more and more and more and more and more. I get the, I, I keep coming to grips with this, this whole thing, like I sort of mentioned before. Everybody's happy as long as you're not yourself. Everyone's happy as long as you're not being yourself. You know what I mean? And... And I'm sort of getting a little bit of that, that complex from, uh, well, I'll just leave it at that. I, I won't give you any details to preserve the donut collection job, I suppose, you know. But anyway, all that just really puts me ill at ease, folks. And if I'm being honest, it takes me in a, in a bad direction where I'd want to just tell everybody to bugger off and, and just really recoil from all that which I think is a really good inclination I don't necessarily think telling everyone to bugger off and, and being the rebellious sort that I really am is, is necessarily that that right inclination but I don't know folks I, I'm really just I'm struggling with the, with the dichotomies of of Christendom and religion I tell you I guess that's really what it boils down to folks I'm not struggling with Christ. I'm not struggling with the Bible. I'm not struggling with the the purity that is Christendom. But I think more and more I find myself at odds. <sighs> Dare I say with the practitioners of it that I, in my humble opinion, keep brushing against and just feeling like that... Uh, like that wool sweater when you get out of the shower, you know? Like I've been wilding around in insulation and then I put on the wool sweater after I get out of the shower. That just sort of repulsion that uh, in every fiber of my being, I, I echo the sentiments from that old uh, original Amityville horror where I hear the evil voice say, Get out. <laughs> Except in this instance, I don't really think it's the proverbial evil voice. I think it's more the <laughs> the godly voice that's telling me to distance myself from all that stuff. But I don't know. That's kind of where I came with the the headline, if you will, this evening of escaping the box. Because I'm I've been trying to escape boxes, I feel like, for a couple years now escaping the box of the cult of academia and I don't think I've really fully exorcised myself of that one but I've done a pretty stinking good job of it and in attempt in an attempt to flee from that box I find myself in another box that feels looks smells and acts the same blipping way I I really never thought 
that in escaping the cult of academia and moving towards a more faith-based <clears throat> platform to do my uh, edumacation, I never really considered that I would bump into and find myself in the same bleeping box. But I swear to you, it feels like the same flipping box. It really does. It seems like I've I've been uh, I don't know. I've gotten out of the Jim Jones cult and found myself in the Heaven's Gate cult. <laughs> it seems very, very much like the same old song, same old song. <sighs> so I suppose that's why I'm really finding it difficult to to bite the proverbial bullet and. Uh, And make the donuts here in a couple weeks because I got a lot of donuts to make. I suppose I got about a a year long sentence of donut making, and I don't believe that I like it. <laughs> I don't know. I could go down this rabbit hole for a long time, but you know, to quote uh, to quote the great John Lydon in the last Sex Pistol show, which I believe was in San Francisco, he said, "Did you ever get the feeling we've been cheated?" Or that you've been cheated, excuse me. And I can't help but think he was talking about himself. And yeah, I feel like I've been cheated for a long time. But uh, now I find myself in a different version of the same old song. <sighs> so I'm faced with the same quandary. Do you just uh, keep making the donuts because you got to have uh, some sort of subsistence? Or do you uh, take your ball and go home and tell everyone to... As politely as possible, of course. To bugger off. I don't know. If I had... Uh, <laughs> if I had a, uh, a parachute, I would have pulled the cord weeks ago. I'll say that. Yeah, man, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, James, I feel you, buddy. I feel you. Yeah, yet yeah, we're supposed to love? Yeah, I don't know, man. <clears throat> It's a bizarre paradox, it is, folks. And I, and I realize I'm holding my cards very close to the vest, and I'm not really trying to get up here and do some therapy session where I disclose all the skeletons in the closet and all the uh, the eccentricities of the various cults. But uh, I think you get the broad strokes there, folks. It seems very uh, parasitical at best. <laughs> and it's something that I've really dealt with my entire life, this whole being in a box thing and this whole being good but not quite good enough thing, you know what I'm saying? I feel like I've dealt with that for a long time, and it really just, <laughs> it ticks me off at an ever great maddening scale. The longer it goes on and the older and the older I get, it really just really pisses me off on an epic scale more and more all the time. And I think a lot of this really plays into the horror movie thing that I that I, I kind of like immerse myself in a little bit of old me and, and stuff that I really do enjoy. And I've I've tried to come to grips with this and balance it all out because you get all this lip service. Well, well you shouldn't listen. You shouldn't watch this. And you shouldn't listen to that. And, I, and I'm really just at the point where I'm saying bollocks to all that. I really am. Because uh, being one of those never quite good enough kind of folks for all those around me, that's the uh, 
That's the mentality that I have acquired. Because uh, as someone that was never straight edge enough for the straight edge kids, punk enough for the punk kids, hardcore enough for the hardcore kids, and not skinhead and, well, at all for the skins, you know, and, and not skater enough for the skater kids, you know. I mean, I've felt this box for so long, and I've railed against all sides, corners, and facets of the box for so long. And I kind of hoped that at some point in the game I could just kind of retire that uh, mentality, but I just don't see that happening. Because the more and more people want to put me in whatever box they want me to be in, whatever Christian box they want me to be in, including, and specifically right about now, the more I just, well... I, I want to do what I just said, you know, <laughs> except in the not so clean fashion and in the real version of it. So um, I don't know, folks, I don't know if anybody out there is going through anything like this or has done in the past, gone through all this. But I always echo these same sentiments. It's integral to be yourself. Be damned what everybody else thinks or wants you to be. I think being yourself and being authentic and true to you is is the cornerstone of it all, folks. You got to be legit. You got to be true to yourself. Because if you can't be true to yourself, you can't be true to anybody else, folks. That's just the cold hard facts. And when I'm saying that, I'm not suggesting that you chop off anything or staple anything to yourself or go out there and do all sorts of depravity, you know, if that's true to you. I'm not suggesting that at all, folks. I'm not. So don't misconstrue what I'm saying here. I'm not going off on some antichrist, I've found Satan jag. I'm not saying any of that, folks. I'm saying that you got to be true to you. That's kind of what's up. And I'm assuredly not suggesting that you go down some dark, you know, son of Sam avenue or start going all Bruce Jenner on me. I'm not suggesting that at all. But I think you got to be true to you. And uh, I've always tried to be true to me, although others want to want me to keep want me to keep uh, getting in silly boxes for them. <sighs> and I think you can kind of play that game for so long. Even for me, it's just being a prostitute game. I mean, it's uh, it's what I've been for a long time, but not a literal prostitute, folks. Please don't get me mixed here. I, I'm not going on a street corner and, and doing things for money in that regard. But in my humble opinion, might as well be. So uh, being a, in the prostitute game for a long time, uh, and I'll define that for you as doing things for money that you don't want to do just because you have to pay the bills. Yeah, that prostitute game, doing that for a long time, uh, it does make you a bit jaded, and it does get you a little bit darker than you should be. And at least for me, it causes your rebellious streak to run a little mad. To quote old Norman Bates, we all go a little mad sometimes, so I'm trying my best to not go mad. To keep the car on the proverbial road in between the lines without uh, causing too much collateral damage. But I really do fear that the more I repress, even in the job setting sense, 
the authentic me, the more that it's going to unwillingly come out and, and just it's going to be a bad time at some point in the game. And uh, I don't know, folks. Just kind of chasing dragons here, I think, at this point in the game. What is it, 220 here where I'm at? So, anyway, I'm not sure where I'm really taking the show at this point, except into a, a, a completely depraved... <laughs> I don't know, folks. <laughs> I really just don't know anymore. I just don't. Ugh. It's that money, I tell you, I swear. <laughs> if I was living in a hollowed-out log, I'd be mad as fire, but at least I wouldn't be prostituting myself out for money and being inauthentic on any realm. Because so much of this... This being inauthentic just drives me stinking nuts, folks. And I could go down the rabbit hole here of of different aspects that I don't line up with with uh, the usual suspects. Um, and I hate to just call these people Pharisees because I know that's not really what's up. I, I don't know, folks. I don't know where. I don't know where people line up with this thing, but I swear to you, I mean, this is sort of a recurring theme my whole life. It's like, oh, you're you're wearing black. Oh, that's bad. You can't do that. Uh, oh, you're watching this. Oh, that's bad. You shouldn't do that. Uh, oh, you're listening to this. Well, that's bad. You shouldn't do that. And, and I get it, folks. I really do on so many levels, but at a certain point, it does just make you say, well, bleep off, you know? I mean, I, I, that's what it made me say in adolescence and, and throughout a lot of my adulthood, and I was trying to turn the corner and say, all right, you know, we're going to square things up here, we're going to whatever, and, and it just really irks me to the core even more. So, again, folks, not sure where I'm going with this. <laughs> I see you in, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to ignore you, James, Lori, or Vegan Bear. Thank you all so much. I see you. As an academic type in high school, at John, um, uh, academic type in high school, at John age, uh, blending in. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure what that means, James. To be honest with you, um, an academic type in high school. Uh, when I was actually in high school, no, I was not. I I wish I were. A friend of mine and I joke about this all the time. Where I, I jokingly say, but um, in joking, I'm speaking 100% truth. That I wish in high school I had just told everybody to bugger off and just read and read and read and read. And I'm not talking about fiction because I think vastly fiction's a waste of time. But anyway, I wish that I had read stuff that could have helped to better form the me that I am now. And then I probably wouldn't be a prostitute for money. But anyway, I digress. I don't know. Instead of skating and chasing girls and going to punk and hardcore shows and vastly looking like a moron, I mean, I really do wish that I had my nose in a book like eight nights a week instead of hanging out with a bunch of losers and doing stupid stuff. But anyway, I mean, that's just me. I wish I was more of an academician in high school for sure. I wish I were. Absolutely. And the oddities of, of sort of where I am now as to where I was, it's kind of it's bizarre. You don't know what you had until it's gone sort of thing. So I I have not hung up my, my academician in the cult of academia, uh, a.k.a. university hat. I have not necessarily done that. But <clears throat> excuse me. 
But I have distanced myself from that as much as possible without just giving them my notice, I guess. But having taught in in another cult on a different grade level than college and university, it makes me so much more appreciate teaching at college and university. I don't, I'm just talking out my my trachea here. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I gotta say that for a hundred percent fact. That's where I would like to be again. <laughs> Just not necessarily peddling lies, and as it were, um, uh, in anthropology land. So, but uh, yeah, there's all that stuff too. You know, what do you do? Go back to school for four more years, get a PhD, and become a cult member all over again. Uh, hang up the whole hat completely. Go live in a tree and just try to make the show economically viable to uh, to borrow a phrase from falling down. Yeah, I think vastly what I do now is not economically viable as far as things that fuel my soul and things that make me want to not uh, commit a felony, you know. But alas, you do have to uh, have something aside from a hollowed out tree to live in, I guess. I mean, unless you're an Ewok or some sort of weird primate creature, maybe. <laughs> so there's that, yeah. I wasn't challenged in high school, but college. Uh, but college, no thank you. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I just wasn't in the game in high school. I didn't care, to be honest with you. I think if my mom wasn't uh, a teacher, I would have probably followed the same road as a lot of other people and just quit and said bollocks to the whole thing. But thankfully she was. So, I mean, I made it through high school. I didn't fail or, or do horribly. I just I – my mean, head wasn't in the game. I spent most of that time just detesting the people I was around and trying to not be them. So uh, that kind of became a full-time job. <laughs> not really. It was quite easy, but uh, I don't know. That's a whole other jag for a whole other night, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to not – skip anything anyone said here. I'm kind of rolling back. Uh, he was interested in Satanism. Yeah. Um, it's hard to be that you. Yeah, true. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing, folks. I think it really is so hard to be to be you. I think it is so hard to just tell everybody else to bugger off and just be yourself. And I think so much of what happens is people end up compromising and it just sort of eats away at them and and I think that's what's happened to me as well. I think I've compromised so much over the years just to chase the paycheck and just to be a prostitute. Um, yeah, it does eat away at you, and it makes you somewhat crazy. <laughs> yeah, definitely definitely makes you um, to throw out more big words to show off. And I'm not – I hate people to do that. I, I think of anything, the, the, tr the training – just uh, crystallized that no matter where you are, you could be the most upstanding Christian of all time. And I swear to you, nine times out of ten, it seems like it's the same stinking mess from the cult of academia. It's the same just bloviating, arrogant, let me throw out the biggest quotes in the world. Let me quote some scripture for you. Let me throw some C.S. Lewis at you, and, and you'll all kiss my ring. And that sort of mess drives me blipping nuts, whether or not it's coming from some Darwinian idiot at university 
or from that same reasonable facsimile. <sighs> Under the guise of, of Christendom. I mean, I just... Th- that sort of mess drives me freaking nuts, folks. A- and I, I'm going off on another jag here, and I'm well past my expiration date. <laughs> another great crass record called Best Before, by the way, but I digress. Yeah, I mean, that sort of thing has just been crystallized with me in the past few weeks, and it is, it's repelling me, you know, like a compass at the opposite end of a freaking magnet here, folks. And that sort of mess... Drives me nuts. It's everything I wanted to distance myself from at the freaking university. And here I am again, like blipping Groundhog Day. It's the same stinking mentality. Oh, only this time we've got a different God. We've we've supplanted uh, CD, old Charles Darwin, 1859, Origin of Species, Natural Selection, all that bull. We've supplanted that with just the same mess. In a different cult. I swear it's the same mess. And that sort of attitude and that sort of mentality just repels me at a a foundational level. I mean, I just hate that stuff, folks. I just hate it. I just freaking hate it. I hate it when it's a college professor talking down to a a classroom of freshmen, throwing out 50-cent words and all kinds of stupid lingo that they don't have the first – inkling about just to make themselves feel more uh, what I don't know better oh wow we we've just talked to a room of 19 year olds and we've told them all this grad school bull man I feel big now wow I feel pretty awesome about myself I mean what kind of freaking moron feels good at somebody else's expense like that I mean that's But I can't help but feel the same stinking way when it's the same the same stinking nonsense, folks. It's the same old song again. Except now, instead of dazzling the audience with Darwin quotes and, and fill in the blank of your other favorite cult of academia anti-hero, now we're, we, well, I've, I'm going to quote this verse to you. I'm so awesome. I'm quoting this verse to you. Here's another obscure Christian book for you. Here's another obscure Christian book for you. Here's another uh, C.S. Lewis quote for you. I don't care, folks. That means nothing to me. I got to tell you, it doesn't make me like you anymore. It doesn't make me feel better about what I'm hearing. It's just a bunch of freaking bull. To be honest with you, I'd I'd rather watch reruns of Jim and Tammy Faye Baker. Hell, at least they were somewhat more entertaining. They didn't come off like the most bloviated, arrogant moron on earth. You know, folks? I mean, that's that's really where where the, the lines are coming down here, folks. It's just that mentality makes me crazy. No matter who's doing it, no matter whether they're doing it behind a pulpit or behind a freaking lectern, it's the same the same stuff. The same stuff that I've always tried to distance myself from. The same stuff that after I got out of graduate school, I was like, yo, I'm never going to be like these freaking pricks. I'm actually going to talk to the class like a human. What a concept. Why do I need to mental masturbate for people and make myself feel better by talking out my 
cake hole with a bunch of big words and talking a bunch of theoretical bull that doesn't amount to a hill of beans. How does that make me better? I mean, how does that stroke my own ego, I guess? I mean, that's just pitiful. So, here we are. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This has certainly turned into a bizarre show this evening, hasn't it? We're blessed and gifted, John. Don't, uh... Yeah, man, I, I'd like to not prostitute myself out. I, it's just, I, I don't want to do that. I really don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I was pulling in some sort of dramatic amount of loot here, or, uh, I don't know, <laughs> then I assure you I would not be. I would tell everyone that I am, uh... <laughs> It's hard to not make a laugh out of all this. But I would tell all the pimps that I'm hoeing for to bugger off. How's that? That's about the, that's about the cleanest version that I can do this. I'd tell all the pimps to bugger off. There you go. I'd tell uh, the cult of academia, and I would tell the uh, proverbial others. <laughs> no thanks. I'm good. We're all out of crazy here. <laughs> I think that's a uh, Archie Bunker quote from All in the Family. Uh, we're all out of crazy here. Yeah, we are. We are indeed. So, uh, yeah, man, I feel you. <laughs> 96 in science and GED. No studying. Good. Yeah, good job. Definitely. Oh, Lori, I certainly hope it does get easier. I swear. I swear I hope it does. They leave you to yourself. Wink, wink. It gets easier. It gets easier as you age? I hope so. Let them believe you're crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I swear, I'm, I'm the king of misfit toyland because I don't fit in anywhere. And I can't help but think they all know it. I mean, I think they all got that in the cult of academia for a long time. And now I think they're getting that in the uh, the other realm of academia, too. I think I just don't. I don't fit. I don't fit in in the land of whatever. So I don't know. And I'm not meaning this to be a bashing Christians that a jag. I'm not trying to bash religion. Even I'm just bashing whatever this whole thing is. Yeah, I I, I have a feeling at the end game here that that I shall fit in. You know what I'm saying? I really do. I think that's, that that uh, when all the dust settles and and the proverbial seven seals are opened and all that lovely stuff from Revelation comes to pass, you know, I have a feeling that there is uh, a savior on that other end, uh, the other plane there, that uh, that I won't feel that I don't fit in, and I won't feel that I'm in pharisaical hell, and I won't feel that I'm in some sort of. Uh, Alternate version of the cult of academia, I swear, man. Keep scrolling back at John H., the official channel. Just keep, keep scrolling back? All right, I'll keep on scrolling there for you, Vegan Bear. I shall. I'm not sure what I'm scrolling to, but I'm, I'm going there. <laughs> oh, man. I'm not scrolling. No volume? Yeah, we got the volume, man. Got that handle. Good, good. Lauren, sorry for the late response. I don't know what I'm missing, Vegan Bear, but I'm feeling you, man. Sugar honey iced tea. Um, 
the worst horror scenes ever were all of Christ during the his last 24 hours on earth. Yeah, I can only imagine so. I completely agree with that one, man. Absolutely. That is a book about my ex-wives. <laughs> oh, man, indeed. All right, folks, I feel like I have substantially just talked about nothing for a good 20 minutes. Or maybe I talked about everything. I don't know. <laughs> Nevertheless, I'm at one hour and 21 minutes, and I assure you that I could keep vlogging this dead horse for quite a while because I have a lot more venom to uh, to spew about this topic but perhaps I'll do it at a, a later date. As much as I don't want to, um, the looming date is on the horizon that i got to go back to making donuts or uh, prostituting myself out or what have you. So we'll go back to uh, another form of education that's not what I desire. I prefer this, pre this preferred form of education, to be honest with you. But uh, anyway... Things shall be what they shall be. I keep hoping that there's some great providential plan that will uh, extricate me from both cults of academia into what I should be doing. What the bleep that is, I'd love for somebody to fill me in on it. I don't know. <laughs> I'd love to have some answered prayers that would uh, put me in the right direction and would completely extricate me from this whole morass of both the uh, the Christian and non-Christian academia. That'd be swell. But I guess I'll keep uh, keep on keeping on until that uh, comes to pass. Anyway, thanks so much, Lori, Vegan Bear, James, and all others who have tuned in this evening. Thanks for playing the game. As always, say you can't do everything, but you can do something. I'm going to... For better or worse, try to do more of this, even if it becomes what it just became. <laughs> so be safe out there, and I'll be seeing you sooner than later in the Anomic Age. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Anomic Age, a John Age project. For past shows, further info, and to comment, go to anomicage.com. That's A N O M I C A G E.com. Till next time, thank you for listening to the Anomic Age. I'm going to go to the next one.